1: Hello and welcome to Sentimental Garbage, a podcast where we talk about the culture we love that society sometimes makes us feel bad about. My name is Carolina Dunahoo, and you can be blasé about most things, Rose, but not Titanic. Joining me is author, co-creator Within the Wires, and I'd rather be her whore than your wife, Gina Mathewson.
0: (laughs) That is the greatest compliment I have ever been paid. I think it's my favourite
1: line from all of film.
0: It's glorious. It's so good.
1: It's... The way Billy Zane... (laughs) Just like, what, are you going to be with him and be his whore? Rather his whore than your wife. It's,
0: it's beautiful. And it's like, because what it is really is a, it's an expression of freedom, which is, this is this is my new theory, having watched this movie for the first time in like 20 years mm-hmm. uh, this week, is that it's not really a love story. It is about, like, it's entirely about Rose. And that is her moment where she's yeah. like, oh, no, I get to do what I want. And it's beautiful. That's it's, the thing. It's exquisite.
1: So I'm not even gonna bother with a plot summary of Titanic <laughs> because if you're a sen- first of all if you're a person alive in the 21st century and you haven't seen Titanic correct yourself. If you're a sentimental garbage listener and you're not already a fan of Titanic I don't really know what you're doing here.
0: <laughs> There's some glitch in the matrix.
1: Yeah this is the or sentimental garbage this is the absolute the peak this is it. Yeah. Um, in terms of things that are hugely successful, mm-hmm. that women and girls adore, mm-hmm. that women and girls have been taught to bastardize about themselves uh-huh. because they like it, because it's it's so huge that to like it and to genuinely enjoy it on an artistic level would be an intellectual embarrassment to yourself.
0: Yeah. And what's so interesting about it as, like, a piece of sentimental garbage is that it all happened after the fact. Like, I don't know, yeah. like you're a few years younger than me, yeah. so I don't know if you were paying attention to the news about Titanic before it came out.
1: Not really, because I was so young, because it was 96, I think, so I was still a, a real little kid. Yeah,
0: whereas I was like 14, so I was at high school yeah. and I was excited about it ahead of time. And all of the news was like, because this is this was James Cameron, this is the Terminator guy, this is the mm-hmm. Aliens guy, and all of the news was sort of holding up. I mean, there was talk about the budget being out of control, because it was, and all of that, but also about this dedicated director who was doing all of this work, like personally diving down to the bottom of the ocean to explore the actual Titanic. All of the work he was... Like he built the Titanic. He rebuilt the boat, essentially, which also meant that he had to rebuild a tank. He had to build a whole new tank that was big enough to hold it and then a big enough studio lot to hold the tank like the amount of wow dedication... i didn't know any
1: of that cuz again cuz i was so small like i, I wouldn't have known that yeah. but that's, a fa- that's actually fascinating it's
0: really it's really really interesting He spent days just living on a boat above the wreck of the titanic and diving down and exploring it and getting footage of it and then he convinced the studio to build all of the stuff fresh for the th- for the first time in decades because You don't build a new studio lot when there are dozens, but they didn't have one that was big enough for what he wanted to do, so they built a new one. Um, And that was all the press. It was like this incredible. It was the biggest movie making experiment until Lord of the Rings. Like before Lord of the Rings, Titanic was the big behemoth that he was so insistent on doing perfectly. Like everything had to be perfect. Every single plate, even if you only see it in a in a stack, is like stamped with the official like white line stamp. All of the wallpaper is really wallpaper, instead of just being painted on. He like there are stories about him like deciding on on the day that some bunch of extras wearing these expensive handcrafted costumes were going to be thrown into the water, and then all of the costume people had to spend you know the next day drying it out for another take. It was like this super exacting project and then it came out and everyone saw it and everyone talked about it I would turn up at school and someone new would have seen it and everyone would be like did you see that one guy who hits the propeller and it was like this massive oh my deal God. people are obsessed with the propeller guy the <laughs> and then over time as it became clear just how much it meant to young girls, mm. it slowly eroded the perception of it because of that. So like true. there's all of this pressure in a way about... that
1: never happened to Lord of the Rings because no, boys liked because it. Because boys
0: liked it, and it's not that boys didn't also like Titanic. It's just all anyone would talk about was girls liking it and girls liking yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. There was um, I read an article from the time on Entertainment Weekly that talked about the fact that Leo didn't get an Oscar nom. And the way that it was worded was so sneering because it's mm-hmm. like, who would have thought that Roger Ebert would agree with preteen girls who are all like super bummed that Leo didn't mm. get num- like that? Was the attitude that developed over time? There were articles about this one girl in Italy who saw it every day. She saw it so much that they stopped charging her and just like held. Yes, seat I, I every- do remember those stories. It's, yes, yeah. but that became the only narrative: is that it's for it's for little girls, yeah. and so therefore it must be bad and dumb. Which and
1: is... and you've in that that parable is mm-hmm. the reason this podcast exists <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly things like that because like I do sometimes feel when I do this podcast that, like, Caroline, like, what? Like, why are you doing this? These are hugely celebrated things that made a lot of money and nobody who made them is starving. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean? Titanic you should be was holding the up.
0: first movie to make a billion dollars. Fuck.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and, like, I'm, uh, sometimes, like, when I'm wrestling with my, you know, what it is that I do, I'm like, shouldn't you be celebrating, like, tiny artistic projects? I'm like, no, because this actually means... It does mean something when yeah. when women come together to love something and then that thing becomes stripped for parts and
0: made fun of because of the fact that they love yes. it and no, there's no other reason and I could see it happen around me like there was a point when it came out when the boys were talking about it too and the boys were into it too and then that faded because yeah. it became uncool
1: yeah and and the thing is you know that and James Cameron because he's a- Smart guy, like, and he's the the sci fi guy. He's the guy yeah. who make. And I'm sure there was a sense of like men who found themselves suddenly watching like a romance of being like, hang on a minute, mm-hmm. you know, I I thought my Terminator husband was going to make a film for me, yeah. But he puts in all these trappings that like try and convince you that it is a boy film as well, and that yeah. it's, a, it's a legitimate date movie. It has this long framing device with all the ships and the sort of the high stakes of why we need to get this necklace, why we need to get this woman, and then like the whole you know bottom hour of the movie. Movie is all just the chaos and the disaster yeah. and all that but then in the middle you've got the most sincerely told love story yeah. just the Romeo and Juliet story
0: and and pe- that, that fries people's
1: brains I think
0: yeah and it's interesting because really it is, it's its is—it's—it's just a disaster movie and there were tons of those in the 90s mm. like it, it is the same kind of template as a Dante's Peak it's like here is something that could not possibly go wrong some people have some yeah. ideas that maybe some, there is a problem like there aren't enough boats Uh, and they turn out to be right, thing goes wrong, disaster, and the central characters get through it while almost everyone else dies. There's always a romantic subplot in those movies, but it's usually tiny. Yeah. And this is, it's at the centre of the story in a way that was unusual. Yeah, and I think, there's, there's honestly so
1: much I want to talk about here, and I have so many notes, so I'm going to be darting around a lot. But I think... That character, whose name I always forget, despite the fact I've seen this movie a million times, but I will refer to as Comic Book Guy. You know who I mean? I don't. The big guy with the beard who like. Oh, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the guy, He he does a lot of like the comedic heavy lifting mm. and a lot of exposition, and he's he's like it's a great character performance. I will call him comic book guy. Yeah. Um, um but there's this whole thing where one of my favorite parts of that early framing device of the movie, um, which I used to hate as a teenager, and now when I watch as an adult, I actually love it. I think it's like so many layers, so many details. Um, where he's doing basically the cinematic ideal of mansplaining where he's
0: mm-hmm. telling someone who's on the Titanic how the Titanic sank <laughs> yeah. with that like PS1 version of Titanic just like <laughs> cracking and like and that's a big ass going up in the air and then she bobs around like a cork for an hour uh-huh. and then she sort of blinks at him and she's like yeah it didn't really it wasn't really like that for me <laughs> but there was it's like I was thinking this watching it as well how that is so effective having yeah. that clinical discussion yes. about it and then when they're on the back of the boat and it's rising up and crashes down again it's like yeah. all the more devastating because you've had that sort of disconnected yes and I, and, I, and it's such clever filmmaking
1: such clever storytelling in that like we when we're in the thick of the movie and the thick of the emotions we don't have to do that wondering thing of like but wait why didn't they just dodge it why didn't they just do because it? it's all been explained to us really early on but and that storytelling job has been done but also this emotional chasm has been um, established between how modern people think of a disaster that happened 80 yeah. years ago and versus the, the emotions of doing that and it's yeah. almost like distance, Cameron distancing himself from the idea of it a disaster movie which I think is really clever
0: Yeah, I also think that that is one of the point points of historical fiction or fiction centred around war or disasters or whatever is that we do look at it clinically when you look at history and you are like, yeah. oh, 20 million people died in this whatever, you don't feel it. This is the only way to feel what it is like. And and it does a really, really, like, profoundly good job of making you feel what it is like. Because it doesn't... It's not just that it centers in on Jack and Rose. It centers in on a lot of people. You get a lot of close-ups. And it is... It's really brutal. (laughs) Like, it's hard to watch. It's really... So I watched it last night. I watched this movie um probably once a
1: year, I think. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is that I... um. As I said, I was pretty young when it came out. and But, you know, the the, the the hype lasted for years, for years and years. So by the time I was sleepover age, it was sleepover film. Yeah. You know, um, when I was 12, 13, 14, you know, people would bring it into school to watch on the last day of term, that kind of thing. So absorbed a lot in my youth, but like always, you know, liked it and thought Leo was hot and, and you know, cried at the end of Whatever, but it's actually only as an adult I've come to really adore it, yeah, as like one of my favorite favorite films um and I think that is partly to do with the fact that i I just like rifling through garbage, <laughs> like a little cultural raccoon mm-hmm. and just like smearing my face in it and and part of it is I mean, a large part of it is to do with Rose, yeah, I think she is one of probably the greatest heroine of blockbuster cinema making,
0: yeah. She's, she's up there she's, with
1: Vivian Leigh as Scarlett O'Hara I think those two are the paragons Of like complicated women at the centre of a huge piece Where there are, their emotions are so huge And their performance is so huge That it matches the stakes of the things going around them
0: Yeah, yeah
1: I love her I love Kate Winslet in this role
0: She's so good And it's such a subtle performance in some ways as well Because it is Because essentially It is a, My diamond shoes are too tight situation yeah. but it's also an analogue for a lot of the feminine experience which is that you have expectations placed on you that you don't have many options outside yeah. of and there are different versions of that across class structure and across racial uh, disconnections as well and this is obviously yeah, a rich white woman's story but it is like that feeling of and it is I do think we need to address the fact that she compares being on Titanic to being on a slave ship yes. that is wild and outrageous and absolutely what were they thinking that mm-hmm. is a That is a disastrous comparison. But like playing that sense of like she knows she has everything. I mean, she doesn't have like it's it's she has to get married to save her family's finances. She has Mm -hmm. class, but she has no longer has any fortune. But she still has all of this privilege. And I think she is aware of that. But it is that being trapped in it and not knowing, not seeing there as being any options.
1: Yeah. And and there is there are so many parallels for the rose character historically right mm-hmm. and and the and and the thing that makes it such a lovable performance for me and likable is that you have this character who is aware of her own privilege like yeah. she, like there, there there's even that scene um and i i would like to go through it sort of chronologically but like that scene where she her and Jack have their first sort of day on like a friendship, <laughs> and she's like, "I know what you're thinking, poor little rich girl, yeah. kind of thing." And she's aware of her own situation, but I think what I find so inspiring about this movie is that it's about a character, a woman who begins the film sincerely wanting to kill herself. Yeah. And the more death becomes certain, the more she fights to live. Yeah, and that is. That, to me, is so like moving and, and really gets me every time. And I think as well, we did an episode a few years ago about flowers in the attic. Mm-hmm. And Julie Cohen said something about how a haunted house is always a stand-in for the psyche. And about how, how the further up the house you go, the more you get into the secrets of the mind. And when you're in the attic, it's like the dust balls of history and subconscious thought. Which was a great point. and And she, she said it like everyone knows this, but I was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I think the same thing happens with Rose and the ship I think Rose is the ship yeah so we get Rose on the top decks in the early parts of the movie like you know she's sort of zoned out she's um, morose she's sarcastic she's sort of always looking at people who aren't looking at her kind of thing And, and it's you know very refined and precious and then the deeper into the ship she goes the more primal and more human she has to become. Yeah. So she goes a layer down. She's partying with the iris. She's letting go. She's taking off her shoes. She goes a layer down. She's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> she is fucking in the gut. Literally the primal animal instinct. And even the way that sex scene is shot. And it's so famous. The hand, obviously. Mm-hmm. But this thing, she like she's almost... The way they're posed in that, she's, he's lying on top of her and he's quivering. And she feels... Very steely and very yeah. lioness-y. and then like basically the movie is her fucking going around with an axe trying to find the man she loves and f- save him. Like he's yeah. he's the damsel for a large part of the movie, and th- and and then we have this kind of movie where. Men are always talking about her And the her is the boat And the her is Rose yeah. And everyone in the movie is confident They can control both things At the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. And by the end of the movie They have utterly lost their grasp uh-huh. And you've got like that Victor Garber character Being like you know, at first the start of movie being like, "Oh, this will never sink." And I bet you a good boat. I bet you a good boat, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> a good slave ship. I love him so much. I love Mr. Andrews. <laughs> I love Mr. Andrews. Um, and then by the end, he's like, "I assure you, it will sink. It's a mathematical certainty." <laughs> um, and it's like it's it's this complete. And that's why I think it's a feminist movie. Really, is because it's this parable of sort of the end of the Edwardian period and the end of the nineteenth century and like yeah. male hubris just c- coming. Falling apart and dropping into the ocean. Yeah, the only people that survive are women and men who can be women
0: and men who are weak enough to take the option when they know that that's not their right. Like Mister Ismay getting on the boat and yeah. Cal take like stealing a child so that yes. he can yes to adopt this sort of
1: like female yeah.
0: caregiver position. Yeah, exactly. It's really really interesting. And there's also and it is an interesting sort of because we know going forward that that male hubris is going to fuck up the next half a century. You know, we know we're about to go into world war one and then the financial crash of 1929 and then world war two. And all of that could be, is a similar story of, of men who think they know how to do something right. And then it falls out from under them. Yeah. It's really interesting. And I also think there is a really strong through line here of weak men and strong men. Like, they, everyone seems to have a counterpart. Like, you have Mr. Ismay, who was the designer, and Mr. Andrews, mm. who was the builder, or in char- the engineer yeah. in charge of building. Yeah. And one of them is weak, and one of them is strong. Like, and that ha- seems to happen, yeah. like, throughout, that oh, that's so you true. have these brittle men, and then you have the ones who are comfortable and who know themselves. Do you want to go try and go through this as chronologically as we can, yeah. just so we have structure? Yeah. Let me bring up my notes from okay. my rewatch. Uh, the first of which is just Kate Winslet's giant hat.
1: <laughs> that, it doesn't look any bigger than the Mauritania.
0: <laughs> it's at least a hundred yards longer than the Mauritania. <laughs> I love it. Sounds so glorious. When she steps
1: out of that fucking carriage and looks at that boat,
0: it's a great shot. Her looking up from under the yeah. again enormous hat is just
1: yeah yeah. Uh, and like, okay. I can't remember because we haven't watched that many movies together, despite knowing each other a long time. Um, how big a crier are you at movies?
0: I can be extremely big, but sometimes I don't. It's, it comes and goes.
1: How but... m- do you cry throughout Titanic? Because I cry throughout it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have bursts. That it's the, it's the unexpected moments that make me cry, like the early shot of like the Irish woman with her little girl. Yeah, as they get on that. That no knowing what happens, those yeah. are the ones that really made me cry, yes, ha- after you know decades of having watched this movie, yeah, it's it is it is I cry about the um the surrounding characters more than I cry about Jack and Rose, I think,
1: really, yeah, I think the first cry cue for me is always the same, and now it's almost become a Pavlovian response of mm-hmm. I know it's not happening, which is that Mar and it's it, it's funny because it's become such a meme of that thing of you know she closed her eyes and said, like, "It's been eighty-four years," <laughs> <laughs> which is obviously the best
0: meme on the internet. Um, what I hadn't remembered about that moment is yeah. that that's her starting to talk, and then the like, interrupts her immediately. <laughs> and she's like, "Let me finish.
1: It's been eighty-four years, but <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, it's and it's so the, the kind of the mansplaining and the people underestimating this woman. Yeah. I think is a very fascinating layer. Anyway, but um. This thing of, like, it's been 84 years and I still remember the smell of fresh paint. (laughs) And, like, the the beds had
0: never been slept in and the plates had never been used. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Why does it make me cry? (laughs) Because that's part of the... Like, that's the reason that Titanic is the phenomenon that it is. It's not just that. It was this impressive cruise ship that sank. It's because it sank on its first trip out. Like, that's... There's something about that. It's just this. It, it had all this unfulfilled potential. Yeah, like it was a very good ship. <laughs> and, and not good just, enough. Not good enough. Like, <laughs> and you see what what it should have
1: been like to yeah. be the first. And I think I think as well, there's something about like it's been eighty four years and I can still smell the paint. And obviously, that's you know it's not an amazing line or anything, but. The idea of Titanic having a smell. Yeah. And the idea that like something you've heard about forever and is so just part of the history books could have a smell and a feeling and a taste and be, yeah. you know, and, and that that just makes it, it's the first moment where it gets really real for me.
0: Yeah. It becomes a tactile experience. Yeah. It, yeah. 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 That's really interesting. And, and Billy
1: Zane appears. And I have in my notes here, and here's the headline in, in bold. Billy Zane and the importance of campness within Titanic.
0: <laughs> he's so camp. I love him in this film. He's. Do you know what I thought when I was watching it? And this might be controversial. But he felt like the negative image of uh, Brendan Fraser and The money, Mummy. <gasps> a little bit because yeah, the hair. The hair, a little bit. And then he's just like, he has a similar type of charm. Yeah. But it's just incorrect. Like, he's too polished and yeah. obviously cruel and I mean he's controlling to the point of abuse yeah and uh, so he's horrible everything that everything that Brendan Fraser in The Mummy is not but there's just a, there's like a, a mirror image thing going on yes. somehow
1: yes and I, the thing is from the minute he starts speaking I think um like the first thing he says as he gets out of the car is like they say it's an unsinkable ship <laughs> And like virtually everything he says from that moment on is incorrect incorrect, and accelerates in campness. Mm -hmm. At one point when, you know, Jack is being arrested, he goes, look at me, you filth. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, yeah, and every, every, every just line is just so like... Because I do think the emotions I feel when I watch this movie are very, very real. But then those moments of flared up campness and them looking at the art and this Picasso will never amount to a thing. Trust, yeah. trust, trust me. <laughs> the way he delivers it. Trust me. Um, it's like, it. I don't... More blockbusters need to have a camp pass, I think. Every script needs to have a camp pass. Yep. I just saw Dune. Mm-hmm. And that is a film that has all the spectre and, like, visual spectra, spectra of, like, something like a Titanic, right? Mm-hmm. And all the beautiful young people in it. Mm-hmm. But that script, no one gave it the camp pass. Yeah. No one gave it the Carrie Fisher pass.
0: I feel like... Excuse me. Um, I feel like this is because of Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan has stripped Campness away from blockbusters. <gasps> and we're going to have to wrest it back from him. Yes. That's and so maybe true. that's why I, I get so excited about things like Birds of Prey, because that's like Cam is coming back with a vengeance yes. after all of these dour years.
1: Yes, I think, yes, exactly, because Christopher Nolan uh, has cast a long shadow that every every Marvel movie yeah. is kind of, uh, apart from the ones that are trying very visually to be something else, mm-hmm. which are quite few, um, are trying to do a Christopher Nolan thing. And they've forgotten something really important about successful blockbuster movies that become part of the furniture of our culture which Mm -hmm. is you have to leave with words you want to say lines you want to say you know what I mean yeah
0: you have to be quoting at each other for like an hour after seeing it
1: and I would say 80% of those lines come from Billy Zane in this movie (laughs) yeah put the diamond in the coat I I put put the coat on her I think I've told this story uh, before but one time I was at a I was at a table at a wedding that was kind of like the spare people, mm-hmm. sure, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. Um, and so none of us really knew each other. And I started a game of um, like a Billy Zane off, which mm-hmm. was we everyone had to um, do a reading of I put the diamond in the coat and I put the coat on her, but like bigger than the person before them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it really bonds people. <laughs> I mean, it is a great line. It is a great moment. It's like you didn't need that to know who he was, but you. But you're so glad you have it. <laughs> I'm so glad
1: you have it. But it it is amazing to me how something can be so beautiful. I also think that the look of Titanic is very different. It looks different, and I don't know why exactly. Something about the colour grading and the money that's been put into it and the way it does look real and it doesn't look like a painted set.
0: Yeah. I mean it is all practical cool. effects. It was before CGI was good like every every time they are doing anything, they're really doing it. Yeah, which it seems like and I I don't want to talk about this because it's it's just one among many but it does seem like James Cameron is the sort of director who brutalises his cast and crew to get what he wants which mm-hmm. is not something I have a lot of patience with but um, I like yeah it does everything feels grounded and real and yeah. weighted I think that's a problem with modern blockbusters is that stuff doesn't feel like it has any weight to it a lot of the time yes yeah. yes
1: um and then we have okay so we're we're on we're on the ship <laughs> we're walking up the gangway. obviously we have that and then we have Jack winning in a poker game and all of that and then mm-hmm. with his friend Fabrizio who then disappears until the boat goes down it's so funny why like why do we need Fabrizio I don't know when we have Tommy
0: but I care about
1: him <laughs> we go to America it's like it, it's the mo- it's like like you find subtler immigrant performances in a, in an American tale it's yeah. so big it's so big bastardo
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and oh just the thing of like them the sort of the Irish trad music starting up and them running through all the uh, medical checks and then jumping from the gangway yeah
0: the line about I couldn't possibly have lost I'm American
1: <laughs> <laughs> so good and it's this you know it is this great if you're gonna do a love story about two people from two different worlds, yeah, the frenetic sort of like thing of of Jack's intro versus the stilted, yeah, stately restraintment, yeah, know, of Rose, it's brilliant.
0: Yeah, it's it's a classic introduction of our two our two heroes. Um, yeah, I've, I've just written in capital letters here. Something Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> I always think about this. I'm like, surely. Surely you would say Pablo something. Yeah, Picasso is the weird thing that you would forget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't just say Pablo because then no one knows you're talking about Picasso. It does make me sad that art collection goes to the bottom of the ocean though. She's got some things there. She's got some she's got some Degas, she's got some Monet. Doesn't really make any sense because those paintings all survived and we know about them. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all fiction is by its nature an alternate history. That's true. Very true. Um, I I would like to talk
1: about uh, the love story portion mm-hmm. because as um I kind of realised as watch when I was watching this that this is you know I, I write YA young adult fiction mm-hmm. it's a YA story yeah. I didn't realise until this viewing of the film when when comic book guy is giving the sort of um the Rollers X of Rose's credentials and she's like he's like Rose DeWitt Buchanan died when she was seventeen mm-hmm. on the Titanic. Da, da, da. This woman, Rose Dawson, she was an actress, actress, that whole thing. Yeah. Um I so I didn't realise that Rose was seventeen. Yeah. Um. So I th- and I think Jack is supposed to be this, the same age because he says that he he kind of left Minnesota, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um. When he was like twelve and has been kind of on his own since then, they are teenagers. Yeah. And it so and and which makes it again a very Romeo and Juliet story. And what's so impressive, I think, storytelling wise, about this YA love story is the three days thing. Right. It is a three day love story. Mm-hmm. And day one, we have Rose's suicide. I'm involved now. You know, invite him to the party. And they, they're kind of, they're involved in the lie of Rose's suicide attempt. Yeah. So we immediately have this two people from different worlds who are involved
0: in a conspiracy together, yeah.
1: which is so exciting.
0: <laughs> it's so exciting. And also that he he does that. Like, he, yeah. the way he, that, that he says that as she's hanging off the back of the boat and he just says... Well, I'm not going anywhere. Like I, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to not try and save you. So, yeah, that's just the situation now, I guess. And then, It's really good. It's really good.
1: <laughs> that, that as like an opening dialogue between your two romantic leads, it's their first conversation. He's seen her, but she hasn't seen him. Mm-hmm. Tommy has the iconic line of, "You're, just, you're just one of the angels flying out of your eyes," as get next to her. <laughs> Fucking love Tommy. Tommy is delightful. Um. And so they have this this first dialogue where like you have one character who's trying to kill themselves and one character's trying to make them not kill themselves mm-hmm. and but it's this it's despite those high stakes, this crackle of immediate chemistry that is partly the writing, and people come after Rose, people come after Titanic for the writing, but I think it's mostly very good, yeah, and I think all the camp moments are intentional, yeah um, so movies are meant to be fun, yeah, movies
0: are meant to be fucking fun, everyone, in case
1: you forgot. <laughs> Um, but it's also It's just like Kate Winslet And Leonardo DiCaprio They have this Eternal chemistry It's yeah. like old movie Hollywood It's just an Indefinable thing And um, He's sort of Trying to do that thing Where you like You're talking someone down It's very hostage negotiator Of yeah. like uh, I used to go ice fishing Do you, do you know what ice fishing is? I know what ice fishing is <laughs> You didn't seem like An outdoorsy girl I
0: love the line <laughs> You seem sort of Sort of more of an indoor girl It's It's so good so good.
1: He obviously pulls her back. She falls, and he has to lift her. Whatever yeah. they they rustle onto the deck. He's arrested, obviously, because of how it looks. Mm-hmm. Then they have that big explanation. I was leaning over to see the propellers. <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the spinning things. <laughs> <laughs> I was leaning far over, far. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then oh, that oh, one of my favorite villain lines from. The, the valet. The
0: valet, yes. The valet is such a good villain. He has one note and it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, just pursue these young lovers.
0: Yeah, very sinisterly. And it's just um, amazing how the young lady
1: fell so quickly and yet you managed to remove your jacket and your shoes. <laughs> so good.
0: Oh, it's so good. And then he does nothing with that information. <laughs> yeah, he does nothing with that information. No. He just
1: wants to softly intimidate the young man. Yeah. Um, so that's Day one. Day mm-hmm. one, we have two people who have a connection and a conspiracy. Day two, she goes to thank him. She was wearing that great yellow dress. Yeah, they're walking around, and she's asking him all about his life and stuff. They have their big day of friendship.
0: Yeah, where are. Uh, I think. I think this for me is maybe the only missed beat in the whole movie is when they're like he says something about. He asks her if she loves. Cal. Yeah. She loves Billy Zane. Like, she well, gets, what? She gets very offended and uh, tries to make him leave. And then he just smiles at her and she gets so flustered that she's like, what are these anyway? What are you carrying around with you? <laughs> it's the most awkward transition to yeah. looking at his art.
1: It could have used another pass.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just that's... make her shove him or something and then he drops them everywhere. Like that's a cleaner way to do that. that.
1: You're, you're dead right. That would have been cleaner. Yeah. Um, but I
0: mean, every movie's allowed one floor and I that's feel like the, this is it. That's the, the slave ship line, <laughs> the slave ship line and this moment are the are the flaws of this movie. Every
1: act of this movie <laughs> gets one, one flop. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: um
1: and I do think at this point what's so great about the even though it's a 3-day love story, the drip feed of it I think it's actually really well staged because at this point I I don't think she wants to be with him. I think she wants to be him.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: She just admires his freedom.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I feel like people are going to disagree with me, and mm. you, might, you are probably going to disagree with me, and that's fine. I don't really think Titanic is so much a love story. I think that it is a story about Rose finding mm-hmm. her way to a place where she can make choices about her own life, and Jack is the means by which she is able yes. to do that. He is the one who allows her to see what is possible, and how easy it is to walk away if she really wants to. Um, and which is why he doesn't survive because he's yeah. just there to be a tool. He doesn't go through any. He doesn't have character growth. He doesn't go through any changes. That's true. He dies as he is at the beginning of the movie. He is there to. He is there to not push Rose, but just turn her slightly mm. so she can see her way out, and uh, give her a great time on the on the way, and. I think that's really interesting. And I, maybe that's one of the reasons why it became such a young girl thing is because it is a, a coming of age story about yeah. a young woman, essentially.
1: You know, I, I, I completely agree. And it, and it is it's, yeah, it's totally about a woman finding herself or whatever. And you're right. That is why Jack has to die. Yeah, Obviously, because you're right, he is a tool to get her from point A to point B, as real as I believe their love is.
0: Oh, clearly. <laughs> Three-day love affairs aren't fake just because they only yeah. last for three days.
1: Yeah, it's because they last for three days that this is such a potent yeah. love story. I remember years later when Kate Winslet and Leo um, reunited for Revolutionary Road. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously they were asked constantly in, in press about Titanic. And I think one of them said we often joke that this is how Rose and Jack's marriage would have actually gone. Yeah. Which I believe. Yeah. Because, if, okay, in the world where Jack doesn't die and, you know, when the ship docks, I'm getting off with you, which, again, makes me cry. <laughs> yeah. So good. Not, not I love you. Yeah, and this ship docks. I'm getting off with you. Yeah,
0: because he because he is the path to a life that she wants.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's him and he's gorgeous and he's lovely, but like it's also yeah, it's that life that she's choosing. Yeah, um, and I do think I think it's
0: like if if they had docked if if that had happened if the ship had docked she got off with him and he helped her have the life she wanted it wouldn't be as powerful as her having to get off alone and then go and get it anyway. On, by herself. Yeah, with a new name. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's very moving. It's very moving. Very moving.
1: Because like, cause ultimately, what what would have happened? She probably would have gotten pregnant really quick. Mm-hmm. They probably would have got married. Mm-hmm. They probably would have had huge chasms within their relationship about the life she grew up with versus the life she can give her. Yeah. When that first blush worn off. He probably would have drank. He probably would have gotten a factory job to support his family. Uh-huh. She would have been resentful. They would have had resent- resentful fucking kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but that's probably how it would have gone.
0: Because she would have had no... And it- I don't think that's necessarily anything to do with them being ultimately, like... Incompatible or anything like that. I think it's like she was 17 and she had no expectations of life outside of her existing childhood. So she would have come into that relationship expecting things, like knowing that things couldn't be the way that they had been for her growing up, but also having no frame of reference to how they really would be. And that's really hard. It's really hard to go through a big life change like that. And if you go through it in a relationship, it's then harder. all of the it's stress harder, goes actually. on the relationship yeah, yeah
1: exactly the, the The relationship has to be the load-bearing beam yeah
0: and that's not that healthy like it, yeah. if they had if they'd got off the boat and then went their separate ways and she had figured her stuff out alone and then they met each other again five years later then maybe I will, I will allow that they could have had a, a happy and healthy marriage but I think as things were no,
1: yeah it no. would have happened I, I think we're aligned on that yeah. definitely god people are gonna be mad <laughs> uh,
0: so I do think,
1: yeah, when he's teaching her how to spit, all that stuff. I, I The Chekhov spit. Check-off spit.
0: Why is the checkoff spit? Because she, <laughs> he teaches her how to spit in the first act and then she spits in Kel's face in the third <gasps> check <act>. Check-off spit! <laughs> Fuck!
1: <laughs> Can't believe I never saw that before.
0: I've always got my uh, wither eye out for a Chekhov. <laughs>
1: That's incredible. So glad you're here today. <laughs>
0: This is what I bring to the table.
1: Um, and uh, then we have... So I, I, I do think that they are just pals at this point. I think there is like yeah. a frizz on, but it's a mostly uh, I want to be you, show me your life thing. Um, and then we have the big dinner. <sighs> God, I love the big
0: dinner. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's Kathy, Kathy like Bates dressing Kathy, him up. Kathy Bates, who in her first... Like, I, I wanted to talk about her first moment when we understand who this woman is, mm. which is earlier, when they're all sitting having like morning tea or afternoon tea or something, yeah. and um, Cal takes the cigarette out of Kate Winslet's <gasps> yes. cigarette holder and puts it out, and you just see Kathy Bates' eyes widen slightly. Yeah. And it's like, oh, she knows just exactly yeah. what th- was going on here. You're going to cut her meat for her too there, Cal? Yeah. <laughs> She's so
1: good. She's so good. I love those bratty Rose scenes so much.
0: I wish we got more... The actual Molly Brown... Did commandeer her lifeboat, and I wish we actually got that moment in the movie. I think we
1: do. We like, get her a little trying bit. to,
0: but yeah. but she gets shot down. In reality, she took it over, and the other women wrote. And yeah, it's. I think yeah, maybe that's the third act floor. Is that we don't get to see Molly Brown or Molly Brown? <laughs> oh, if it. if Josie came out today, um,
1: Kathy Bates would have a mini series on on Netflix. Yeah, about about Molly Brown.
0: I mean, that that might. Come. That might still happen.
1: <laughs> and still with Kathy Bates.
0: Mm-hmm. Just the
1: the big dinner of like when they walk in. Oh, first of all, okay, <laughs> all right. When when Cal and Rose's mother mm-hmm. blank him because they they just don't they don't even recognize him in his suit. Yeah, and he's sort of like still reaching his hand out, and he's like been blanked, and then she walks down the
0: stairs. <laughs> still gets me. It's so beautiful. And then when he like plays it off and is like does as we mime with himself I know (laughs) yeah that's the that's the core thing about Jack's character I think is that he takes moments where people try to take power away from him and he twists them so that he's still the one who's in charge because that's what the whole dinner is they're always everyone like Cal keeps asking these loaded questions about the fact that he's poor basically and he's just like oh yeah I have this lovely. yes I'm poor yeah Yeah, I wander around and look at the stars do you guys ever do that? No? <laughs> no? <laughs> mm, sucks to be you. <laughs> do you know what? It's, um, I don't know if you're watching Succession. Uh, yes, I am not caught up, but I am what I love Succession. So
1: me and Gav are watching it and we note, and there's actually, I think Roman Roy is a dark side, dark side is Jack Dawson. Yeah. Because there's. A, if you notice when you're watching Roman Roy scenes, um, g- he never rejects an insult. He always sort of uses his own force against it. Do you know what I mean? It's very jujitsu kind of thing. He'll yeah. never deny anything anyone has to say about him. Mm-hmm. He'll be like, "Yeah, well, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, this this may
0: indeed be true, but you live a stifled life and you have no anus." Also, he's the only one who really sees through it all. He can't quite—not enough to free himself yeah. from it. Which I think is like if he was coming in from the outside, he would just be yeah. full jack. But because he grew up with it, he still can't stop himself from yeah. wanting to be a part of You're it, either, even though he knows a... that he it's. Terrible. There is a yin yang between those characters, yeah. right? I'm not mad for seeing it. No, no, I can totally see that. Good. <laughs> if if Roman Roy was in Tom's position instead of oh. his position, then he would be. <gasps> he would be a jack, totally a jack.
1: Yes, you're right. You're dead right. Yeah. Or even Greg's position.
0: Yeah, if he was coming in from outside. Yeah, but unfortunately for him, he's not. That's sad. It's really sad
1: to making each day count. <laughs> and I but the thing of like where you know she's walking around with him and like oh they all, they all uh, they all assumed he was one of us um an oil millionaire perhaps new money but still part of the club and yeah. and then immediately he sits down and she, Rose's mom says Mr. Dawson's joining us from steerage.
0: <laughs> and he's like mm-hmm, yeah yeah <laughs> So good! It's so good! It's so good! And then they go to the party, the the Want to go to a real party? <laughs> I used to be able to do that the thing that she does with her toes. The, the point thing. The point. Oh, yeah. When I was like sixteen and weighed a lot less. <laughs>
1: that that whole thing, I think, really laid an egg in girls' brains.
0: Yeah, like, so it's many really, girls try to do it's it. So impressive to stand on your two toes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, mother of <laughs> God! <laughs> Jesus, Mother in
1: <laughs> Joseph. Um, when I when I tell people that I love Titanic unashamedly, and Mm -hmm. I love everything about it. Uh, People often ask me, but don't you you dislike the representation of Irish people in Mm -hmm. the movie? And my answer is always, no, are you fucking crazy? (laughs) The Irish people are charming as hell. They're charming as hell. And like, yes, there's a certain amount of cliched stuff going on. But what I really... Okay, what I really appreciate about Titanic as an Irish person Mm -hmm. is um, how it is the Irishness of it does not feel bolted on and feels genuinely threaded through the film Mm. Um, like from Tommy's first intro I just I don't understand why that actor didn't have a bigger career because he was such a scene scene stealer in this movie he was great Um, he says kind of very clearly in dialogue that felt like someone really wanting to put a point on it of like you know Titanic was built by ten thousand Irish hands, kind of thing. Yeah, there's so many Irish people. There's so much Irish stuff going on. Yeah. the score of the entire movie is is trad music. Yeah, um, there are so I like the, that band who are playing the, in the sort the of Kaylee scene or whatever. Uh, they are still like a touring band who are Ableton. <laughs> That's so beautiful! I, I know! I have a friend who toured with them and they're like really happy about it.
0: That's so nice!
1: Yeah, it is nice! Yeah. And and I, I feel like even though all those characters do die, mm-hmm. they are given a lot of dignity and presence and I don't feel like they're just being leaned on so Rose can have an experience.
0: No, I think that that is one of the... I think that that movie takes very seriously the fact that almost everyone who died was poor mm-hmm. and worked on this boat and... Yeah. Uh, Obviously, a lot of them, you know, it initially departed from Belfast, did it?
1: It was made in Belfast. I think it departed from Liverpool, but but was
0: there not a leg? Yes, there were passengers
1: on that leg. I think there was. Um, it docked in Cork. Oh, we have a Titanic museum. It's beautiful. Yeah. So you, there's there's a point where she's like, um, the next day we um, you know, hit the coast of Ireland and then we were on to the Atlantic. Right. Yes. That is my hometown. Yeah. Mm.
0: Mm. So yeah, there being a lot of Irish people in steerage makes sense <laughs> because of <they> course <laughs> does. Yeah, yeah. they would have been emig- immigrating to the states as a lot did. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know and yeah, it takes, them yeah, I, it, takes them, it takes them very seriously. I think it take I think James Cameron took pains to point out that there is a um that your chances of survival are based on yeah. your wealth. Yeah. And you know Good good work there, I think. <laughs> good work I guess. Good work I guess. So in the
1: trajectory of the okay, so that then we have um the the party is the end of day 2 of these two characters knowing each mm-hmm. other. Then we're on to day 3, which is all those great morning scenes of like I don't yeah. want I don't want you seeing that boy again. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get the reveal, right? That that's a big character reveal that the the are absolutely broke.
0: Yeah. Yeah and that that's why she has to get married. Yeah. Because that's all that women can do to keep themselves solvent. Yeah. Mm. There's a line
1: and I I love I can't remember the actress who plays her mother, but she's so good. She's so so wonderfully hammy. Yeah. In, that, in a way that i find really really great to watch, but she says like um you know, like you know do, do you want that all of our lovely things sold at auctions, all our memories thrown away or something? And it's like yeah. oh, all your memories are going to like all your lovely things will sink to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. We've seen them all, like with seaweed all over them and everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, you do lose everything, and yeah, it's really interesting. Also, she's like I think that's a really great performance because you do kind of see her grief and like disappointment. Yeah, that, you know. All of her life she was trained for one thing and then her husband died and left her with nothing. And now She's one card she's... left to play and it's her hot daughter. Every every everyone in this movie is in some way or other just desperately trying to survive. Yeah. And it's not just about the boat, it's also just life.
1: Yeah. yeah. And and uh so she has this whole thing where she's like, they go to they go to mass. I love when they go to mass. Yeah. It's an underrated part of the movie when they're all singing in mass. Yeah, about peril on the sea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the sea. And, uh, and that it's a great thing of like, Jack's trying, like, he's been locked out of the fairy kingdom. Yeah. Like, he was like the, the entertainment for an evening and now when he comes back everyone's like, oh no, this is gross of you. Yeah, you had your time. You had your time, exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know he he tries to he has this great night with rose she then 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 you know over tea in that morning uh cal screams at her
0: yeah i love that moment with the maid where like uh the maid comes in to clean everything up and and she there's this just moment because rose is like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and the maid's like it's okay if you want to like break apart right now and rose is like oh okay <laughs> and it's so beautiful <laughs> So beautiful,
1: yeah. And like, I do think, for considering it is such a scenery chewing role, that Billy Zane is really good at doing that thing of like, yeah, this is a really like, this can be a really nice guy as long as you do absolutely everything he needs all the time. Yeah,
0: you can, you can totally see the the version of him that that outsiders see, where he's just yeah. this charming, erudite, yeah. rich young man.
1: Yeah, and I do think he he does sincerely believe in his own goodness. Yeah. Yeah, that line where she's like, "You can't talk to me like that. I'm your fiance." He's like, "My fiance. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, my fiance. <laughs> you are my work. Yeah, all but law. <sighs> yeah, he's so good. And it is, it is a change scenery, cheering role, but it is also grounded. Like he's not. None of it is fake. It's just big. Yeah.
1: But I do think it, it is a great thing of like." The cold light of day, you know, you know Rose. You might think you you've made this lovely new friend, you're seventeen, and you made your new friend who uh-huh. you love, and you and anything is possible and the world's a big wide horizon just ready for you to explore. No, Rose, no it isn't. Yeah. You are in a prison, remember that. Yeah. And she sort of tries to and like here's my second crying cue of the film coming up. Uh-huh. Is when she's on her walk with Mr. Anders. Andrews. Qu- Andrews. Andrews. Mm-hmm. Very sorry. Um, and she is questioning the amount of lifeboats. Uh
0: huh. I've just done the maths in my head. <laughs> I've just done the maths
1: in my head. <laughs> and um, Jack sort of, you know, you know, uh, bowls her into this gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says to her, you know, I know, I know, I have nothing to offer you. But I'm involved now. I just need to know that you're going to be okay. Yeah, because he's actually not asking her to leave her life
0: behind. No, he just is genuinely worried about her because she is so unhappy. Yeah, and like he is the only one who knows she's literally suicidal. And yeah, if she just like how how's he supposed to trust that she won't try again if he just lets her Which, go? Which,
1: if you really think about that for a minute, like if you like in a, in a insane world where you and I go on cruises. <laughs> And if you like met someone mid suicide attempt mm-hmm. and then like had a connection with them and then had absolutely no guarantee that they were never going to try that kind of thing again. Yeah. It would it would tear you up yeah. regardless of whether or not you fancied them. Yeah. Which of course they do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, having that moment of like you have no real claim on them, you have no right to be in yeah. their life really, but also no one else knows and no one else is prepared to take care of them in the way that they clearly yeah. need.
1: Yeah, and then he kind of says to "He's like, you know, if you, if you stay with these people, like, you're going to die. And then he says, he kind of pauses and he says, maybe not at first because you're strong. (laughs) (laughs) And it really makes (laughs) him sad. it's really beautiful. Because it's just like, <laughs> because this character that has been so, like, um, been used as a pawn by every other character mm-hmm. has been seen for her fullness yeah. by a stranger. And, mm-hmm. I,
0: and she is really strong. And we, and we find out that that's true. Yeah. And no one else thinks that she's strong. No, no one. one. Maybe Molly Brown, because she also sees everything. But really, just Jack. Yeah. I mean, he's, the, he's, the, it feels like he's just the first person to see her as a person. Yeah. 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 It's really beautiful. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> and then, you know, she she runs away and, you know, she has another depressing lunch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and um a scene that I love and it's very like it really feels like an Edith Wharton adaptation where she's uh She's sitting with her mom's friends, and they're talking shite. And then she's looking over at this little girl who's being yeah, schooled with the, by her with mother, like the
0: napkin on the lap and the very carefully placed hand to yeah. hold it, and
1: yeah. And this notion of like, oh, I'm trapped in an endless cycle, and yeah. like, even if I marry this man, I I will just teach my daughter to do this, yeah. And and that becomes like, I love when the film a film has a confidence have an internal
0: breakthrough moment yeah because we actually don't see all we don't see many of the moments that make her break we don't see the moment that sent her running to the ship at the beginning to the back of the ship at the beginning yeah we see like the build-up we see we hear hear her in voiceover talking about um how how unhappy she was Mm -hmm. um but we don't see what triggers that Attempt and it must have been an, a moment because she is running like she's this, yeah. this was not a carefully planned attempt. Something broke and she sprinted to the back of the boat, but we don't see what it was. Yeah, and that happens a lot, I think. We just, um, we just have to take it on faith what is going on inside her head, and that's. That's, I think, really
1: elegant, actually. Yeah, I, I think, think so a, too. I think a lesser storyteller would have been uh, like someone says something to her that just pushes her over the edge. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's not. It's just like, lots of tiny things and observations that become a swelling mass. and yeah. Needs to come out.
0: Yeah. I think it's also a credit to uh, Kate Winslet as an actress because she yeah. she just she has a very eloquent face, so we can yeah. we can see what she is what she is thinking in that moment. I think, yeah, and, like the fear. I think that it gives her, yeah, and I love that. That's what does it as well. Like she has a moment. It's not, it's not impending death that makes her realize she has to escape. Yeah. It is the life she is already living that makes makes her realize yeah. that. Like I think a lesser filmmaker would have waited until the boat started going down.
1: Yes, yes, and yeah, and like it, and it's. It's it's not her cuz it is this, this quiet moment of reflection and it's not like her glimpsing him through a window being divine. No. It's her just realizing how, how deep the trap is.
0: Yeah. And that there is there's is no escape unless she makes one herself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then she she runs out to the prow of the ship. Yeah. Okay, here's the clanger moment. Mm-hmm. I really don't like Jack I'm flying. <laughs> no, it's terrible. it's so bad. <laughs> and what annoys me about it the most because obviously that has become that image of the two of them,
0: yeah, is the chief joke of the movie it's the chief joke of the nineties. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, and what and what annoys me about it because it's so it's too much like it's too much for me. Yeah, like um, yeah. nothing's too much for me. <laughs> Most of
0: this movie is not sentimental, and that moment is very sentimental. I think. Yeah. In terms of the rest of it is, I don't is just emotion. The rest of it is yeah real. It's
1: keenly felt and earned emotion. Yeah. I think. Whereas
0: that is is sugar. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Is. it is. And I'm not opposed to sugar. No. But it just feels at odds. I think. Yeah. I think.
1: What 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 it, what slightly irritates me about it is that it's a scene that I think does enough without the grandiosity because I think what's what's powerful about it is when he steps up and like when they when she steps up on top of the railing and he's holding her or whatever and it's this kind of realization that like no he can't give her anything material but what he can he can give her is the horizon. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. The and, wind
0: in her face. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And like and the real big wide world and it's it, it feels very emotional and then it's like i'm flying <laughs> and you're like oh yeah. no
0: yeah i feel like there's more to that moment than i'm flying And that if they hadn't put their line in you would have felt it more like it's yeah. also the fact that her like no one in her own class would allow her to stand on that railing and mm-hmm. spread her arms out like that wouldn't be proper so she could never have done it it's literally yeah. it's like a symbol of having decided to not buy into that world anymore. And I think it is reductive to have a <laughs> I play. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zeppound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Um, and then they are stalked by <laughs> the policeman.
0: <laughs> by Lovejoy is his name, right? Is that his name? I think his name is Lovejoy. Which is a ridiculous name. For to have. Ridiculous name.
1: <laughs> um, and oh, it's just that whole bit of them running through the ship trying to lose him. Yeah.
0: Oh wait, no. Does the drawing scene come next? Then actually, sorry, have I missed something? Yes, yes. So they go, they go and do the drawing because she wants to leave. That's her revenge. Is that she getting... that, that that
1: was her plan and how to leave Cal while yeah. she was still on the boat.
0: Yeah. With how many weeks does it take to get? Because they are only three days in, and they're still like. Yeah, well, was she just going to go down to his
1: bunk in steerage? I guess. <laughs> Mad. <laughs> and,
0: and yeah, and like,
1: literally, the plan was to leave, because I kind of forgot about that bit, to leave it in the vault with the heart of the ocean, uh-huh. um, saying, now you can have us both locked up in your safe, yeah. which is fucking she, cold and cool. So
0: cool. And she did not tell Jack, because Jack has this moment, he's like, wait, what happened to my drawing that Yeah, just did? And she's like, don't worry about
1: it. <laughs> Shh, don't worry. <laughs> Oh Yeah.
0: And then they flee through the bells of the ship. Hang on, we haven't spent long enough on the on the the drawing. Okay. The drawing okay. No, you're right. You're right, you're right. (laughs) I know you're right.
1: Do you find it erotic?
0: (laughs) You can tell me. Look, look. I have I have worked as a life model before. Oh you have? I forgot that about you. Yes. Yeah. Uh it it is. Not comfortable to do. And I... I mean, I've never... I've never been drawn by someone who I wanted to fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh... But it is just... It takes such a long time. Like, you were lying there for a long time. Yeah. While people do drawings. It is uncomfortable. You lose feeling in your arms. Like... <laughs> yeah. It's... I, I would really... I would give a lot to go back in time and ask uh, James Cameron to just have a shot where she, like, has to, like, straighten out her arm yeah, and and it again because like, oh. she's lost blood flow. Um... But no, because it's so embarrassing. I mean, I guess the similar thing is that, that my partner takes my photos. Yes. For like my author photos are all done by. Jamie drew a
1: wonderful photographer Jamie and drew. also takes many of my photos. Yeah, I'm
0: very a very good photographer for all of your needs, um, and it's the most uncomfortable thing. Like it is so much more uncomfortable. I get him to do them partly because he doesn't charge me because he's my partner, and partly because he's very very good at it. Yeah. Um, but. I would a million times rather have someone else do them. Really? Like, I find it very, very, it's just so awkward. It's so awkward to pretend to be that sort of professional person who needs to get professional photos taken when the person doing the photos is the person you're closest to, you know, because that's not what our relationship is like. Mm -hmm. It changes the dynamic. It's very, very weird. So I don't know if I buy the thing of, like, an artist painting the woman that he is in love with.
1: In theory, not that hot. However, I think they play it so well that the, the, the slight giggliness of it, I find very mm. cute.
0: The close-ups of Leo's eyes with his hair falling into it oh is quite good.
1: God. We haven't really even deconstructed Leo, the young Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah.
0: This, for me, was not... the. For me, the seminal young Leonardo DiCaprio is... Like, the, the sexual awakening Leonardo DiCaprio is... Romeo and Juliet, the moment of the yeah. on the beach when he's backlit and smoking with Radiohead playing, oh, so good. It's very good. But Titanic, I don't know. Him and Titanic doesn't really do it for me. Fair enough. Yeah, he's, and that's he's perfectly very, legal. He's very pretty. Yeah. Um, but no. Yeah.
1: So then we have the chase scene. <laughs>
0: So good, and then we have we got the Irish trad music again, which is great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all those beautiful slow motion shots of her like ethereal dress oh. amongst the fire of like the boiler room. Oh, the costumery! That's so that good, so good.
1: And then they end up in the car. Yes.
0: There was a rumor at my school that the uh, stand-in who does the hand on the window was from New Zealand. It was <laughs> it was a really big deal. <laughs> I'm sure it was. New Zealanders get excited about that sort of thing.
1: Yes, I can imagine you would. Of
0: course. Of course you were. My God. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I don't know if it's true, uh, but that's what we all told each other.
1: I love that. Um, <laughs> we we sort of talked about it a little bit at the top of the podcast, but um, the it's interesting because he says to her when they're in the back, are you scared? And I thought that was a virginity losing, are you scared?
0: Oh, no, but she's definitely been sleeping with Cal.
1: Yeah yeah because at one point he says um, I thought you would come to me last night yeah
0: and then that line about my fiance he's saying you're my wife indeed if not in, by law
1: yeah oh yeah I hadn't even thought of that so they definitely canonically they're they're fucking yeah um, but I but I I realized on this watch because I I kind of really paid attention to her putting the picture in the vault that she isn't she is leaving Cal yeah and they both know this now that he's when well, he's asking are you scared you're leaving your life behind I always thought it was like are you scared yeah. we're about to fuck in the car <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's it's bigger than yeah. that. Which makes it so much more powerful when, when they are after fucking and he's sort of trembling and she's just really strong. She looks like a statue.
0: Yeah. 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 She's really calm. She's
1: re- yeah, it's that that real it's a woman's calm.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's also that thing of like all of the anxiety and fear, that's what happens before you make a decision. Making a decision is always what calms you down.
1: Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. Yeah, it's always the crossroads that makes you the most anxious, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Having to make a decision is terrifying. Having made one, yeah, is not. Yeah.
1: I can't believe how little time we have left, considering we have the entire sinking of the ship to go,
0: which happens in real time, by the way. Wow. Yeah, from okay. in the time that we have, so we have like the three-day love affair is mm-hmm. the first. I don't know, forty minutes or something of the movie, and then the. I think we're up to an hour and twenty now, basically. Oh, right. And the boat takes two hours to sink or two hours something to sink. And and that is from the moment the iceberg hits until it goes down. That is the amount of time it took. Wow. Yeah.
1: It's... Yeah. The way it parlays itself into a disaster movie and still maintains the emotional stakes throughout yes. is fucking genius.
0: Yeah. Because it doesn't let you... It doesn't let you off the hook. Like, it expects you... It demands that you pay attention to how all of these people around them are feeling. And there are all these moments. Like I think it's a very smart choice as well that like we see the two in like the crow's nest seeing the iceberg and we yeah. see that panic and we see the response to uh the the jolt as it hits. And then yeah. everything is in close up for a while. And then like after quite a long time, there's the first wide shot of the boat and we see how mm. low the front of the boat is in the water yeah. already. And it's yeah. like silent and brutal and horrifying and there are like so many moments like that where it's the other one is like right at the end when all of a sudden everyone is in the water and it's so loud like just this clamor of yeah. people crying it's like it's it's very unflinching and that's the thing i read this um i read this old buzzfeed article by sarah marshall about uh basically the history of the film and the response to the film and that's her point is like everyone talks about this being escapism for young girls it is not fun to watch Like it's no, not like... an escapist movie it is heart-wrenching and difficult and you have to watch people in close-up, you watch children die yeah. in this movie and it's it doesn't shy away from that, it doesn't let you close your eyes to it, it's really I think quite a bold choice It re- yeah. and like
1: so many tiny horrors happening within the larger horror. Yeah. Like the, the locking the poor people downstairs yeah. thing. Yeah.
0: And you see that a lot. Like you see that happening again and again. All of these people trying to get past those gates. Yeah. Yeah. And the even things like the um, like the stewards getting overwhelmed just trying to get people into the lifeboats and the crush yeah. of them having to hold people back. Like Mr. Murdoch I think who is the one who he's the one who sees it but then he's also the one who is he he winds up accidentally shooting tommy and then yeah. like and it's just he's just devastating like again this is like he is he is the strong the strong character the yeah. strong man in that that situation where he just you know is on the ground having to be do his job still when the ship is sinking yeah. like it's it's really interesting i think it's yeah it, it just forces you to look all of those people in the face yeah. It really it oh. And again what's great about it is like there's no
1: kind of thing of like poor people's pain being a prop for our um Leeds pain or something. Do you no. know what I mean there's no sense of that I don't think? No. And like and then in with with all of it which I I talked about earlier the thing of like just rose in the belly of the ship with the water rising with the axe. Yeah. Like it's it's very Ripley. It's Ripley and alien, yeah, right? Yeah, totally is Ripley and
0: alien. Yeah. yeah. Like when do you get that in film? And it's like it's not it's not like quote-unquote strong female character. It's yeah. like desperation and yeah, striving. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it, and it's and it's like she doesn't she doesn't know how to work an axe. She doesn't know what room she's in. She's just kind of wandering around
0: losing her shit. Yeah. But like she never gives up. She never gives up, and like that moment when she comes across Mr. Andrews, and she's like, "I need to. Fo- where would they take a prisoner?" And, and Mr. Andrews is just like, "Get to a boat, get to a boat." She's like, yeah. "I'm going to do this, yeah, and you, you can, can make it easy for me, or you can not help me." And and it's just, oh, that moment makes you cry. Cool. <laughs> like him seeing, like accepting that about her, and like knowing that she's probably going to die because what she's doing is insane. But like, yeah, he's yeah, just like getting behind her. These, God, these females are strong as hell. <laughs> these females are strong as hell. <sighs> oh. And like, I Mr. mean... Mr. Andrews, I think, is the thing that makes me cry more than anything else. I love him so much. This is formative Victor Calvo for me.
1: Really? Yeah. Is there a moment in this
0: bottom half of the movie where you... I mean, when he's just standing there in front of all the plates. I know! I know. <laughs> he did this. Yeah. He did this. He did <laughs>
1: And then the whole the sort of like the last sort of valiant act of horrible cow, mm-hmm. like he knows that she wants nothing to do with him, but he still loves her, and he puts her on that boat in the coat, yeah, put the diamond in the coat, and he put the coat Corona. on her rather his whore than your wife, all that stuff he still puts her on the boat, yeah, and she says I've, he says, I've arranged a boat for me and Jack, and yeah, that whole thing, I'm like, oh, there's a boat. You're not getting on it though.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, obviously, this is
1: the big part, right? This is the, this is the movie. <laughs> oh, everyone <laughs> is um, when she's being lowered down. Yeah, and she she just knows it's not right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because you jump, I jump. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, it's so cliche, but like. It's still so powerful because yeah. it, it's this thing as well. It's like when you have this character who is like, um, she's she's sort of thrown off all of these like polite mannerisms that she's learned over the course of her life, and she's really in touch with her instinct. And she mm. just is looking at him. And she knows that like, she, if she doesn't jump now, she'll never see him again.
0: Yeah, yeah. And also that she will end up in her in her same life again. Like she will be yeah. there, and her mother will find her, and they will. Thank their stars that they survived this tragedy and then they will go to Philadelphia and she will be yeah. part of society still. It'll be like a story they tell. Yeah. Yeah. It will be... It's like the trap closing in over again. Yeah. Yeah. But just the the
1: way that jump is done...
0: Yeah. Because again, it doesn't just suddenly make
1: Rose into like an action hero.
0: <laughs> it's so clumsy and weird. <laughs> it's exactly how you would actually jump if you were yeah. in a dress that was soaking wet. And the yeah. ship the ship was sinking
1: yeah. <laughs> all right we're kind of getting to the end of
0: the movie now <laughs> i do the one the one thing that means a lot to me that i will just want to make sure we touch on in these final moments of the yeah. movie is um beautiful you know grufford with his rich wealth voice go, come about the, the only oh. he's the only he's the only boat that goes back for people oh yeah, yeah. and it's he's just stalwart and true there are so many men in this movie who are still true and, and then yeah. there are so many just weak weasels. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad that we're not engaging in door chat.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. The door is irrelevant. The door is irrelevant. Yeah. I'm not going to talk to you about... There was room the for both of them. It yeah. doesn't matter. He had to die for narrative reasons that we've been through. <laughs> that we have been through.
1: <laughs> I then, the sort of the thing of like... When they I think what it's the calpurnia they're rescued on right yes I think so yeah. and she Carpathia Carpathia that's yeah. it sorry um and she hides that thing of her under the yeah. under the safety blanket boy. yeah
0: <sighs> powerful yeah those moments of decisions are very important and also I think she gets a ton of them because I think it's also that moment when she hears young Grufford and his beautiful. Welsh voice asking mm. if, if anyone is alive out there, and she has this moment where she can't move, and then she's like, No, and she goes and she takes oh, the whistle, the whistle, from whistle of, the, the, dead of person. the dead person. And like the way she, like, each, each blast on the whistle gets stronger and stronger and stronger, and oh. it's just, yeah. And every oh.
1: single time, it doesn't matter how many times you fucking watch this movie, you're like, hurry up, Rose. Rose, get your shit together, Rose. They're going to they're gonna turn around, Rose. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Every single time. Every time. To- I
0: mean, every time. I think, maybe this time they'll avoid the iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> this time. But they won't. They never will. They won't. Oh my God. And like,
1: and what the thing, is, the thing that like makes the sort of, it, this so epic is not just the, tragedy itself it's the sense that we get this scope of like and then this woman led a really great life yeah (laughs) and that's like she rode horses she was an actress you know (laughs) she had kids she did everything she she
0: flew a plane she flew a plane
1: yeah yeah and like i always think that as well at the start when you see her making pottery and her yard like she's like she's doing well yeah like. she's
0: had a great life and like yeah if she if she had married Jack if he had survived would she have flown playing? plane I don't know no I don't, so. I don't think so I think they would have just like pretty much sunk into a heteronormative marriage for teenagers yeah everything would have always been a little bit too hard and yeah that's that would have been it yeah and it's also it's not as if she didn't love her next husband you know no there's no evidence at all that they didn't have a beautiful relationship yeah. it's just not every relationship is meant to take you through your whole life yeah and Jack and Jack was not meant to take her through her whole life oh I agree it's so beautiful
1: it's so beautiful and then she drops it in the ocean at the end and then she drops it in the ocean at the end because fuck that big blue giant. you know really watching it this time I think we're now quite close to Bill Pullman's age <laughs> Bill Paxton Bill Paxton sorry Bill Paxton he's, he's so handsome um <laughs> I really felt in the opening scenes of the movie, just the, the professional like pressure that's on him to uh-huh. find the fucking diamond. He's been hired for one thing. One thing. Yeah, yeah. and um,
0: what, what do you think she drops in the ocean? I think I think it was representative, like it was the one memento she had of her old life, and it was representative of the, I guess, constraints of that life. And she didn't want that constraint to, to be passed on to anyone else, you know. Oh wow, she gets
1: it. Is about the curse of wealth, basically.
0: Yeah, I think so. The ghoulish curse of wealth. Mm. Yeah,
1: and That's... I I do think it is like because it, we, there's sort of references to how heavy it is. Yeah, and this and it it, it is sort of a neat thing of like. This sort of this story is unbelievably heavy story that her granddaughter didn't know about. Nobody knew about or whatever. It's like she's finally released this last yeah. burden, and
0: now she can die. <laughs> she can die on this boat, just above the Titanic where Jack died. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, that's that's Titanic. <laughs> Thank you for coming in so much, Titanic. Thank you for having me. I really loved it. I'm sorry about the crying, everyone. Look. If you can't cry, this is the real. This is the real patriarchy hurts everyone about sentimental gar- garbages because that's why it's girly because it makes you cry, and men don't want to let themselves cry over Titanic. That's it.
1: That's it. Because if men watched Titanic, they would cry too much, and only we are manly enough
0: to cry. <laughs> exactly. Okay, Janina, you have uh, a book coming out. I have a book coming out. Let's hear about it. It is called You Feel It Just Below the Ribs. It is co-written with my Within the Wires uh, co-creator, Jeffrey Craner, and it is an alternate history 20th century uh, autobiography of a woman who lives through a catastrophic war and then um, comes up with techniques to try and help the world stay peaceful after the fact to great cost to her and to all humanity. Ooh. And it's, um, it's out in the U.S., in Canada on the 16th of November, and I would love people to buy it. Yes, yes, please. Yeah. Uh, you're also uh, the host of History is Sexy. I am the host of History is Sexy with Emma, Dr. Emma Sullivan, um, where we answer history questions very, very <laughs> well and very funnily. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone, thank you for joining
1: us. This has been Sentimental Garbage, and I've been Caroline O'Donohue. You can follow me on Twitter at ZaraLine, that's a C-Z-A-R-O-L-I-N-E, or email me about the podcast at sentimentalpod at gmail.com. This has been a Justice for Gentlemen Women podcast. Thank you to Harry Harris for the jingle, Gavin Day for the artwork, and Hannah Varrow for the mixing.